Hey, welcome to Your Two Cents, the podcast, produced by Canadian Content Studios in partnership with credit unions. I'm Jonathan Torrance. DIY. Tempting, romantic notion, right? But sometimes DIY can become DIY. Did I think this was a good idea again? Okay, that's a bit of a stretch. But those HGTV shows would have us believe that we're only one double vanity and some shiplap away from raking it in with a rental. Well, today, Alicia and Sylvia peek behind the brand new curtain of renovation with someone who's about to take it on in a big way, Sarah Nicole Landry, a.k.a. The Bird's Papaya. Sylvia, you've just recently lived through the renovation of a whole entire home. And then Scott and I have decorated our whole last place top to bottom. Um, And we're renters. And then we decorated our new place top to bottom. But it didn't really stop us from making our house a home, which has been very nice. Um, And then we brought one of our favorite people in the entire world in to have this conversation with us because she is very familiar with renovations and creating creative spaces and living through this and dreaming up new reno projects. So welcome to one of my favorite people, Sarah. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Sarah. We're so happy to have you. You know what? This is also like such a fun conversation because for years I never had the budget to do a big renovation. So all of my like making my space my home was around a bottle of like spray paint and whatever I could find at the thrift store and making the most of it. And I look back on those years of my life and I'm like, oh, it was like so scrappy and so fun. And I think to whatever level you're looking at, like it's so fun to make your space a home. And I also think it can be stressful and it shouldn't be. We have to like come back from that a little bit. But I think it's one thing I've really been leaning into the last few years is not making your home for the next homeowner, but making your home for you and really like challenging yourself to make those decisions um, for yourself, because I'm somebody who likes to take risks within my decor sometimes. And I mean, it was quite a scandal when we had a, not a lot of real scandal, just like a scandal in my world. <laughs> I'm having like <laughs> having pink, pink cabinets in our bathroom. Like you wouldn't believe how many people were like, but what about the next owners? And what about your husband? Like, oh my God, like the, the color pink was out there murdering people on the streets. It's just... <laughs> It was it was such a thing. But anyways, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. because I feel like I never get to talk about things like this. And it's a really interesting conversation. I think too, like what you're talking about, like starting with a can of spray paint and Mm -hmm. like doing little things to really make your space unique is where we started. Um, And I, I, I think it's also now that we can afford some some more things and added details. It's made us a little bit more aware of where we're spending our money and what we can can do ourselves instead of having to always rely on others. So what is your advice for someone that's trying to overhaul their entire house or an entire room? I think it really comes down to, uh, first of all, recognizing if you are somebody that has the time, like when I could do the spray paint thing, I had the time to do it. I had the time to go and thrift and source and look for things and pull together a common theme with a can of spray paint. Like you would not believe, I remember I I spray painted like my mailbox and it went from, you know, it it just made such a statement to me that my mailbox now was a turquoise and made all the difference in the world. And suddenly it felt more like my space than this like metal one that I had before that. And, but as you know, time goes on and you maybe do have access to more financial support, that's usually because it's, 
you're you're working more or something has changed in your life, right? So I don't have the time and capacity for the sourcing, the spray painting and doing all of that stuff as I did before. But I really think that if I'm going to be honest, like some of the best ideas I've had are just going into a space like Pinterest that you can really, it starts to guess for you what you like. Because my issue is like, I'll go to HomeSense and I'll be like, oh, I love this. Oh, I love that. Or I'll go to a thrift store and be like, this is cool. And I'll just pick up all of these different things and I can't quite cohesively bring them together. But what you can sort of connect with is like, when I go thrifting now, I'll be like, oh, I'm really into milk glass. Let's say I'm looking for milk glass. You have laser vision for milk glass. You will find it. Like you genuinely will find the things that you're looking for. If I'm looking for vases in a shade of pink, suddenly I have laser vision for that. And it sudden, it just slowly brings your space together a little bit more. And if you look through our home, you will see notes of who we are and whether it's, um, you know, a little ounce of Disney. I am a Disney adult, but I like to like keep it subtle within our home. My love for the color pink and the fact that we're a family of six. So everything has to be functional as well. But I just sort of try and make our spaces the most us that we can without sort of just seeing somebody else's style and trying to adopt it as my own. And I think spending time on Pinterest really allowed me to to see the repeat patterns and what I liked so that I could start replicating it, whether it was a lower budget or higher budget as we sort of prepare to potentially gut our main floor. It's really, really smart. And I think it's such a cool piece of advice because it can translate to anybody, whether you're living in a dorm room or whether yeah. you're in an apartment or you're a renter or you're moving into your first home, kind of whatever stage in life you are, you can bring who you are into that space. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in my own office and I've been really having a hard time. It's really my individual space. My husband and I both Mm -hmm. took our offices to really put our flavor. My joke is that I have no hobbies. So what are you supposed to put on the walls? Like he plays the guitar and the drums and he has got all these instruments. And I'm like, I like pink and my dog. What do I do? But I have found all these really cool expressions of who I am through the Mm -hmm. things I'm hanging on the wall and the colors Mm -hmm. that I brought in to the Mm -hmm. room. And I've been really thrifty with some of them and I've splurged on a couple of other things. Um, But we all deserve to have homes that feel really cozy and that feel like ourselves and feel like the expression of who we are. But depending on where you are in life, you know, we can hang things on the wall and I can wallpaper a wall without any real hesitation because. I don't have to take that down at some point. But if you're someone who's, let's say you're living in a dorm room and you know at the end of the year you're going to have to move or if you're renting and you're going to be moving to another space, it's going to change. So one of the things I loved is that Alicia's old space, we actually filmed an episode of Your Two Cents Digs that people, if you haven't seen it already, go and watch it. But Alicia and Scott from top to tail of their now former home. I know. You guys I love that space. Me too. And do you great. want to talk about it a bit? Because it's it was like the perfect encapsulation of who you were, but you did so much cool stuff that you knew you could take with you if you ever wanted to go. Yeah, I we had to get creative, but we're familiar with this. We've always rented, so um, but this was definitely the space we got the most comfortable in, in a short period of time. Um, and I think that's because we genuinely had enough space to make it our own. Um, I had a greenery wall, which was like my favorite in the the whole house. And we just, instead of putting it up with the nails, which come with the greenery wall, we put it up with the, the 3M sticky strips. Like those things are, uh, those things are a godsend for renters because they go on and off 
super smooth. Um, we got creative with the art that we had in the house too. I think you um, like local artists and pieces that you know that you'll be able to find a place for no matter where you're living, I think is super important. Um, and then little things like a common, we didn't have enough room for a coffee table with the couch that we had. So we had an actual piece made to sit on top of the ottoman of the couch so that we could use that and it could double as a as a coffee table. So we just kind of figured out ways to kind of make it homey without actually ruining the home, which I think is really like important when you're a renter specifically. Um, but yeah, like it was so nice and it really wasn't that expensive. We didn't spend a ton of money on anything specifically. And now coming into the new space, we've gotten to transition from an old space to a new space. And yeah, we had to purchase a few things because this newer space is, this space is newer in terms of like, it's more modern than the last space that we were in. But we actually got to like, I'll reuse every piece of artwork that I had in the last house. In this house, we'll be able to find a place for it. And then we're adding in little things like, um the wallpaper stickers we got from Walmart into our bathroom just add a, a splurge of color to the wall without having to actually put up a full you know thing of wallpaper which is against the rental term agreement but um and it's not going to ruin anything and and I can decide if I want to change it because I think that that's the other part that a, a lot of people forget is like it's not always forever like mm -hmm. you have a space that you like now but eventually you you might want to change it so um, things that can come on and off of the wall super easy like that or, is how we do it. Or get creative and paint it. I used the thing of nail polish and matched a painting that didn't match at all into my dining room because I loved the painting so much, but it didn't have the mustard yellow that I needed it to have. So I just added the mustard yellow myself. So there's there's a few ways to get creative. I do think it's like a renter's world right now too. There is like, just acknowledge the only reason I'm in a house is because me and my ex-husband bought one when we were, when I was 19, like when they were $160,000, like it is a different world now. Most people are renting, but with that comes more options. So in our house right now, we got it, um, I guess almost five years ago and no, it's five years ago now. And, uh, my husband bought it before we got married, but we only, we had like a, we knew we didn't love the house and the, in the way that it stood. So a lot of the decisions we made had to be temporary. So sort of to Alicia's point, like we had a five year and a 10 year plan, but we, we didn't want to do big stuff within that was going to, you know, last for 20 years when we didn't even know what we wanted to do in the space yet. So we optimized a lot on like wall decals, like wallpaper one is expensive and it's hard to put up. We put up one wall of wallpaper and like nearly got divorced. And then we went to like urban walls, like they have their like decals. And we did our, I did my front door in, in urban walls. We did an entire feature wall in urban walls and they can last up to five years, but they can be removed easily with um like a blow dryer. And I was like, this is genius because you get that elevated experience of like, it looks like a complete renovated space, but we just sort of made it our own with like these little touches here and there. And I think that that's like a lot of people are sort of stuck in, I'm not ready for the permanent decisions or I'm not able to make permanent decisions, but there's so many options out there. The amount of people I've seen renovate their homes with like peel and stick floor tiles now, like, oh my gosh, the options out there are incredible. And 3M strips can take you a long way with a lot of them. I've always hated the question like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Because mm. I'm like, I don't 
no. And so you're asking people to apply that to things you're spending a lot of money on. Yeah. It's really intimidating. And I think people think that if they've invested in something so heavily, then they reserve the, or they relinquish the right to change their minds. Mm. And so finding these different options are so helpful to people who are maybe growing into a new space or they're growing into themselves and they just don't quite know their taste or they have gone and splurged at home since and found a thing, but then they went to Pinterest and curated the rest. Like (laughs) you're allowed to change your mind. And so doing it in a more budget-friendly way allows you to play around and have a bit more fun. And I love a budget hack. So like, I think it's more fun anyway. I also learned a lot from um, the home organizer that we had come into our space of just like letting go of the guilt of when you've bought something that didn't end up, didn't end up working out. Or when you're given something that doesn't end up working out is like, it's okay to let go of those things because they're not serving you in your space. It's better to let them go and unload that from your mind and from me, even if it means like dealing with that little bit of financial guilt of, but I spent this money on that, let's say chair and it's not working out. It's not as comfortable as I thought. It's not suiting the space, but I spent this money on it. So I guess I have to keep it. And we really have to like reframe our thinking a little bit with that. We can, we can resell it on a Facebook marketplace. You can donate it. Almost everything I had for a good decade of my life was a secondhand piece. And it was a lot of just like trading into what would eventually be our style, which was just a mishmash of things that you sort of anchored with who you were. But I think that um, that intimidation of like, if I spend this money, I have to like it forever is really hard for people because especially when you you know how much a buck is, like and when it, what it's worth in your world, it's hard to it's hard to spend the money sometimes and it's hard to know what your future holds. And I think I, I've had to really rethink a lot of those things, especially in making decisions because I'll get frozen in fear of making the wrong one that I actually won't move at all. Hey, want to know where I got this sweater? Okay, I know you can't see it, but trust me, it looks incredible on me. More importantly, it's from one of my favorite local small businesses. And one of the best parts about shopping local is that not only do I look exquisite, but I also know that for every hundred bucks I spend, 68 of it stays local. Credit unions also love to support local businesses because for every dollar spent at them, it creates two to four times more jobs and economic benefits than if I was to shop big box. So next time you're about to shop, think local, will you? And if you're dreaming of becoming a business owner yourself, why not take those dreams right on into a credit union? They can turn them into reality. I've seen it happen. If you ever need any help selling anything on Facebook Marketplace, my husband is an actual pro. Like, he is oh my he's gosh. so good. He has so much patience. He has no patience for me. All the patience in the world for the Facebook Marketplace, I'll tell you right now. And oh, yeah. when we moved into this new space, that was something that I was like, okay, well, we have pieces that just don't fit in this space. And I didn't want to keep them because I knew how good I felt in our last space with the pieces that did fit that I was like, it's not like, I think we also forget that. Like, I, I don't, I don't know much about, you know, feng shui in the space, but I do know that when the pieces feel right, the house feels right. And yeah. so we, we did make the decision to like get rid of some of those. And I, and we put everything downstairs and within 24 hours, he had everything <laughs> sold and we had more oh money gosh, in our pocket to, to spend on something new. And yeah. um, going back to what you said about home organization, we know you had somebody come into your to your house and help you kind of organize a bit and as you said yeah. help you get rid of things that you've been holding on to was that a 
good investment, do you think? And what was uh, your biggest takeaway from that experience of organizing your stuff? Um, I think because I had in my head that organization means a very tidy home, I just felt like I was never going to succeed and that I would immediately become a failure to it. Um, what I learned was that there were certain pain points in our house that just needed pe- pe- things needed a place to go. I We had stuff everywhere and there was no like spot for it to go. To be honest, we got, we, my house sold and closed the day before our wedding and I moved in very rushed and we sort of just shoved everything away. And we'd been living like that for a really long time with things not having a home. So I think reframing organization away from being tidy and more meaning that everything has a home so that when you have the junk drawer, you can suddenly open it up and put everything away in its place or the junk basket that people, there's a whole trend right now where people call it like the effort basket where you just, at the end of the day, you throw all the stuff that's like cluttered around and then you sort it out afterwards. Um, The other thing that I really took away was that there were certain spaces in our home that stressed me out so much that it was almost like a hum in my brain that I was never actually resting in my bedroom if all I was thinking about was, I know my closet's a disaster and when am I going to get the time to sort that out and figure that out? And uh, there are days where my closet is still a disaster, but everything has a home now. So it's easier for me to reset those spaces. So I'm really grateful that I kind of got to pick the brain of somebody who does this professionally. And for her to say, my house is chaotic too organization does not equal tidiness and cleanliness. Like these are things that you keep up on. Right. And, and I think that that released a lot of guilt for me, but it was a challenge because we actually did that um, in sort of collaboration for an article in Chatelaine where they would, she would come in and do this organization of our home. And I, so I just investment wise, I actually didn't pay on it. It was more of a time investment for us because we were like all hands on deck it was really neat what we what they ended up doing was coming in and sorting everything into three piles keep donate and toss and once you put things in those three categories everything was so clear to see it was so clear to see to me and i'm like you know you go in your front hall closet that just slowly gets more and more congested and you but they did they did this method where everything comes out So everything comes out of that space and then you make your three piles and you put away, you donate immediately or you toss. We didn't throw out very much at all. Almost everything was just donated or put back away. But I was so inspired by like it. it, I kept almost like topically dealing with like chaos and these messes. But what actually needed to happen was take it all out and then put things back away. And I'm sure Alicia with moving, you kind of have, you kind of get grilled through that experience. For us, we just shoved everything into a new space and two homes. Like we both were living independently coming into one space. I had a three day honeymoon and back to work. There was no time to do this. And that time ended up being like three years. It was almost four years before we got the organization. And she's actually coming back into our house and we're going to do some of Shane's spaces Um, but yeah, I think I, I think I wasn't prepared for the amount of mental rest that it would give me when I went to bed that first night, knowing that my closet was done. Like there was no longer, just to give you a frame of picture, the entire floor, like you couldn't even walk on it. Like it was just so cluttered with chaos. And, and because I'm somebody who likes to present a tidy home, it means that I shove things 
into everywhere. I basically, my, I, as I claimed it, my house was a junk drawer, like my, anywhere that I could shove things. I'm in my office right now. I still have this habit because my office is now that space where I just, everything has to go somewhere. So when people come over to our house, they're not tripping over things. Or, you know, when you work in this field, you get like a lot of PR boxes. Where do they all go? Where does your stuff go? And I'm somebody who shoves it away in places that I can close the door to not recognizing how much that that was actually impacting my mental health and my rest at the end of the day. We call them like get out of your face room. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> of course, it's my them. space that I do it in, right? Like, well, oh. Exactly. But it's really interesting because before we renovated our house and even before we had really committed to doing that, um, it was peak pandemic lockdown and the home edit had obviously come out and I was like, well, I know what I'm doing with my free yeah. time. I'm going to go bonkers and do this. And the thing I found at the beginning, which I think has changed a lot since this has become more common, is that it was it felt really expensive to organize your home if you're going mm-hmm. to commit to like all of the baskets and the bins and the things. Yeah. So for me, I was like, well, I want to get crafty with this. I don't want to go out and spend a ton of money to organize the things that I've already paid for. Like that was a whole financial thing to get over. I actually bought a whole box, bunch of boxes on Uline that were ugly and yeah. brown and MacTac. And I MacTacked all of my own boxes oh and I fit God. them perfectly in my closet. Now it took a lot of time. And to, back to your point, at the time I had a lot of it, I was you stuck at home, couldn't yeah. go anywhere. But I did that. And then it ended up being amazing because when we moved out of our house to renovate, it meant that everything that we had put into storage, we'd already filtered through it all. And when Mm. I was coming back home, even when we were designing our kitchen, I actually knew what was going to go in all those places because I'd already filtered through it. Mm -hmm. So when we moved back in, first of all, it felt like Christmas. I hadn't seen my stuff in so long, but it was all stuff that I loved and I knew I wanted to have in there. And then there were things that the renovation went on for way too long. So there was stuff that I had, hadn't used in so long that I knew I could donate it at that point. And I was able to part with even more than I maybe had originally had. But now you can go and find bins and baskets and things really accessibly. Mm-hmm. I love going to HomeSense and finding things. Like I actually bought a whole bunch of fridge organizers for my vanity. And so all of my makeup and all my stuff is in fridge organizers, but they're really inexpensive and it was a great deal that way. And the peace of mind and the rest and the mental relief, I also didn't think I would have that, but you know, like my dog has his own basket of his jackets with a little label and I love it. And it it makes me smile when I see my dog's basket of clothes, but there's something about it. It all has a home. Life gets messy. We call it the 10 second tidy. Remember the big comfy couch? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So we do our 10 second tidy. It's not really 10 seconds, but it's um, achievable because everything has a zone. Yeah. And I love it. It's the best. And I think that's that's exactly it. Like even when we were organizing, um, I remember they wanted to put our cereal into like those clear containers. And I was like, I'm going to tell you something about my kids. They're never going to use those. So she was like, so why would we organize things into them? Let's go with what works for you. And we'll make sure that we have a shelf for the boxes of cereal that the kids feel makes the cereal taste better. And so I was like, it doesn't have to be like, and I think that's one thing that she really drilled in me as well is like, it doesn't have to be like this aesthetic thing, but like, what are the things that are important to you? Like, do you want like the sealable containers that things can last a little bit longer? Do you want to save money and get things that you can, that are a little bit cheaper? We ended up finding a lot of it. Like Costco had a ton. Mm -hmm. Costco had a ton of like those really nice 
ones. And a lot of things were just like on Amazon. Like we didn't do bins in our closet. We did these little dividers. Like they have these clear dividers on Amazon that can go on the top shelf and you sort of like sorted things out. But now that we're going into designing our main floor, a lot of the things that we learned from organizing was that we have pain points in our house because our house wasn't actually originally built by people that had four children. It was it was an older couple who lived here. And so it's not our fault that these spaces are really hard to deal with. Our closet is like two feet wide and we have six people and four seasons of stuff in there. It's not, it, it's, it's a pain point for a reason, right? So we have managed it as much as possible. When it comes to the redesign, we're looking at this for, through a lens of a family of six. So how can we design this space to optimize on the time and the capacity that we have and the family that we're in? And so we're totally changing the entire layout of the main floor around our pain points, which I think is so amazing. It's not about, and it's going to be beautiful, don't get me wrong, but it's less about how gorgeous it's going to be or how uh, much value it's going to add to the house and more so, oh my gosh, we're going to save so much time, energy, and mental exhaustion by just these little tweaks of design that are going to really lend themselves to our life. I, You guys kind of already hit the nail on the head with me specifically for moving. Like I get the luxury of reevaluating everything that I own every time I move to a space. So I kind of already get to do that. I think for me, what I didn't know until two spaces ago was that you genuinely can outgrow a space. Like, I think we hear that and we, you think about it, but like, oh, I can always get a bin for that. Or oh, I can always, you know, but until we were genuinely outgrowing a space for the first time, I was like, this, it's, it's worth the money spending on a larger space than I ever could have imagined. I just want to say one thing about that, though, because I think one thing we have to recognize, too, is like things have changed a lot and the way that we do things change a lot. Most families now have double income. So it's like most people working outside of the home, which means a lot of the stuff that used to be done by like one person at home, like isn't a reality anymore. We also like have more stuff than we ever have before. Storage units didn't even exist until the 1960s. So we're dealing with like a pretty fairly new generation, like a few generations now of people dealing with stuff, things like I do think that we have to evaluate what we have and what we're taking on and making sure that we're because it's hard. Like once once you bring a storage unit into it, I would tuck things into there nonstop and never go back. Right. But reality is we still already do this. My entire storage unit downstairs is just Christmas decorations because we love Christmas. We accumulate a lot of it. Right. We, we like to go big on Christmas decor. And so, yeah, like our home and our even our storage spaces are reflective of that. My whole front hallway, which typically would be for like all of our things like the bins and cleaning supplies and stuff. It's full of PR that's being like donated or things that are coming up for work. So our workspaces are now integrated. Anybody who worked through the pandemic knows that they suddenly had to create an office at home, a recording space at home. This space right here used to be my daughter's bedroom. She ended up moving into one of the basement um, spaces that we had formerly been renting out. So everything sort of like shifts as your family does, but like also we are in a different 
level of living than previous generations. So I think we need to sort of like also acknowledge that things are very different than they were for our parents, right? Who didn't really deal with the same amount of things or like they, it just, it just wasn't the same as it is now. And I think that there's, it's interesting that we have these dual income families, but the pressure is still often on the woman to like keep the home and Mm -hmm. make everything run smoothly. And, And the more conversations we have about like that mental wear and tear, like I'm glad you said that Scott has it. Because Shane has it, but for different areas of the house than I would. He could care less about the closet. He cares a lot about the garage. And it stresses him out when things get accumulated and and disorganized. And so we all have those, like, spaces and things. And it's – but, yeah, I just thought that was interesting that, like, we didn't even have – like, storage units weren't even an industry until the 1960s, more like 1970s and 80s. Poor Scott. It does bother him so much. And in our last place, we couldn't see the kitchen from our living room. So if the kitchen had any dishes in it, we couldn't see it. So it couldn't bother him. But in our new space, we have to work harder on keeping the kitchen tidier. And because when we're sitting on the couch in the living room, he can see the kitchen and we'll be doing something and he'll be up and like at it to, to like mm-hmm. finish it, to clean it. So I don't think there's enough onus put on to our spaces and, and value into how important how a space works for a family or a couple or, yeah. or be, because genuinely they do impact our mental health. Like what mm-hmm. we have in there, how we're able to make it our own, how we're able to kind of navigate it really does alter our, our like entire composition essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love this. I feel like we could just talk for friggin' ever about our homes, but um, all season, Sarah, we're going to be doing like a speed round to finish off with. Okay. So we've got the, the same four questions for every single person who is on here. So um, we say speed round, but take your time, take your time. Okay. I'm like, do you know me? I'm, I have never done anything speedy in my life. So, okay. So Sarah, what is the best thing you've ever spent money on? Oh my God. That's a hard one. Um, Honestly, if I'm going to be like really practical about it, a minivan. It is like my office on wheels and it takes me every, it's amazing. I love it. I also feel really bad saying this because you can't even get minivans right now. They're like, they're so sold out, but I really resisted like having a minivan again. And I'm just like, it is so glorious to have that and to have the ability to like load things up and go on a road trip, have all the kids fit in this space. And I also just think like, I don't know, we got a hybrid one, which like made me happy, but yeah, like that was a big one because I've never actually bought a new vehicle. Like that was never, it was a really cool experience to go through the process this is what we need. This is what we want and spend the money on it. Um, and it, it got like dinged in the first week. And I think that was good for me because I was like, nobody touch it. Nobody go in there. And now there's like half a sprinkle donut on the floor, probably rotting. So it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) We rented a minivan to do, um, an episode of your two cents. Alicia and I, we went on a road trip to PEI in a minivan and I'll tell you, it was one of the best days of my summer getting in that minivan with our crew. And we drove, it was they're wonderful. They are wonderful. I've I've been in I've been in Sarah's minivan. I I thoroughly enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, you fully yeah. approve. Yeah. Um, what's the worst thing you've spent money on? Um, 
a rug that wasn't washable like that you could because I had almost ruggables in my entire house and I had this like okay I'm gonna get like a big beautiful rug rugs are really expensive and we can just like spot wash it I'm sure but I didn't realize like the biggest benefit of like something like a ruggable is that they have like a backing on them so if something Mm -hmm. happened let's say like a kid spilled a drink and if you didn't and you're cleaning it like it was getting through to the floor so there's things like that where I'm like, I have almost washable rugs in my entire house now. There's only one left. And even that one, like it has, thank God it has a pattern because there's like so much on it that I can't even get out, like nail polish for some reason. But um, yeah, like I I wish I hadn't gone for like this idea of, oh, we're just going to suddenly be people who can have like non-washable rugs. Like, no, I've spent so much money on rugs that didn't make it. And the switching to washable rugs has been one of the best investments in our home for sure I love that um have okay have you ever lied about how much money you have uh no but I also think that it would be surprising to people that like I don't actually have an like a lot of money myself my company sure makes money but me myself like we try and invest a lot so I don't know. It's not really a topic brought up. I think most people would just assume I have like millions of dollars in my bank account. And like the reality is not that. So I think people often think we're kidding or being silly when we're like, we're just trying to like save money or work on our budget or we have to like save for this. And everyone's like, why? Like, don't you like have the world? And it's like, we're just trying to be really smart about it because this is a career that doesn't really have a timeline. It's not like I, I'm not worried about it, but I also... I don't think that people are maybe aware of like how smart I've had to be about the money I've made and how we've invested it to make sure that there's some longevity there. So I don't really get asked about like how much money we have, but I think there's a lot of assumptions there for sure. Like I pulled the smallest salary of my entire team because I'm like, let's just keep everything in the company and invest and I just try and and I think it's also makes me smarter with my money when it it's not like this endless stream of like how much work I do equals how much money I have in my bank account. I'm, I'm trying to be very intentionally smart about it. That's really smart. I'll get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about how we've lied when we didn't have money, like not just now that we've all, you know, been able to work hard and change our financial situations, but Alicia and I had talked about how we used to lie when we had nothing. So it's hard. Oh yeah. I just don't want the stigma. Like there's stigma regardless if I don't have it or if I do have it. If you have it. You're gonna think about me. You're gonna think about me differently regardless. And like there's this pressure to be like obnoxious with it or not be obnoxious with it. And then when you do things that you deserve. I feel like there's this pressure to hide it because you Mm -hmm. don't want people to think you have too much of it. Um, But at the same time, I had none of it for a very long time. So what I can do really cool things with it. So when we answered this question, I said, yes, because I definitely have. I will also say like, I didn't make a dollar for about a decade in doing what I do now, but also I have a lot of guilt. And I know I've talked to Alicia about this, about making money, even, even not the capacity that I do right now at like pulling the smallest salary, whatever, there's a discomfort I have in even, in even being able to pay myself. And I recently did a podcast with Nicole Walters who said, looked me in the eye and said something that will forever change my life. And she said, 
I don't feel guilt about making money because I know that money is good with me and I do good with money. And I was, and I, and it really changed the way I'm like, there are so many people who are so selfish and they're just like lining their pockets and doing all that. And like, I'm in, I'm investing my money for sure, but I'm also giving so much away. Money is safe with me and I should be earning it with that mindset of like, I'm a good person and I'm going to do good with this money and I'm going to, yes, live a life that I love, but I'm also going to make sure that I'm giving back just as much as like I'm receiving in whatever ways, whether it's like, and you, it doesn't have to be money, right? Like you can donate your time, you can donate your abilities and you can donate your money. There's so many different ways that we can utilize that. But the idea of being a good person and making money and that money is good with you really changed the way I saw earning money. And let me kind of like let that breath out a bit of like, don't feel guilty that you have after a decade of not making a penny that you make some pennies now, like money is good with you. Money is safe with you and you're doing good with it. And I just try and keep that attitude as much as possible. I love that. Me too. Um, okay. Okay. I'll be quicker with the next questions. (laughs) That's okay. Um, just your best tip you could share with anybody about money. And you know what? I'm going to go back to like releasing yourself from guilt because I think guilt and shame can sort of pile on each other and it can cause you to just spend more money to pacify the feeling or not spend it all. And I think that the more you just acknowledge, like there have been times that I've like had a bad day and I spent money that I shouldn't have spent. And I really come uh, away from that being like, it's okay that that happened and I'm not going to feel bad about it. And I'm what I'm going to do is I'm going to move forward remembering this feeling and just like sort of uh, really comprehending it a little bit more. I think that there's, there's something about, um, knowing that your money is not infinite that like makes you, when you come, like I came from being a single income family and really having to be scrappy about everything that when I had money, it's almost like I didn't, I was like a child in a candy shop and I didn't know how to like rein in the control on it. And then that kind of got like a little bit obsessive too. So I think like really releasing all of the feelings you have around it and start looking at your finances as, um, I don't know, like there are ways, just because you have it doesn't mean you have to spend it. And just because you spent it doesn't mean you're a bad person. And there's one, actually, you know what? Scrap all of that. The best thing I've ever heard that somebody has ever said to me is that you'll never agree with how somebody chooses to spend their time or their money. And when you have that mentality going through this world, it will change you because you will watch somebody spend money on something that you do not agree with and that is okay. And you will spend money that people won't agree with, and that is okay. Or you won't spend money on something that people don't agree with, and that is okay. And I think that when when I really like absorb that, it's probably the biggest thing that I've taken away. I read that on a blog, for a, a blog called House of Smiths in about 20, 2008 or 2009. I read that and that's how much it stuck with me. No, I love that. I think too, I just think obviously that's the the reason why we're doing this podcast and having these conversations is that people do feel guilty for the littlest things, like whether it's renovating your home, but like obviously after the conversation we've had today, like your home impacts your mental health, your home impacts like your creativity, your productivity, your space, your family, and spending money on something that makes it yours is worth it for a lot, a lot of people. 
a lot of people got the spaces that they're in because they, you know, save money by not getting the perfect home and deciding to design the one that would work for them. That was the case with our house. We saved a couple hundred thousand dollars and we banked it and we waited until we lived in it and knew it was time to start doing the renovations. It's not because we just suddenly have like extra money to go. Like literally my husband, like two weeks ago was like, Sarah, we're not going to Disney again this year because we can't. We have to renovate the house. That's the next rude, rude shame. Rude. Like, you know <laughs> rude shame. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, um, it, it changes, right? Absolutely. We were in the exact same same spot. We we saved and we bought the house that we could have, and we yeah. made it happen. But thank yeah. you so much. This was such a wonderful conversation. I know that homes are so important to people. Money is so important to people, and being able just to talk openly, I feel like. I learned lots of things I didn't even know before, which is fun. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much. Keep having these conversations. I think they're awesome. And thanks for having me. We love you. Thanks for coming. We love you. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks to the Bird's Papaya for being our guest today. The desire to DIY is so tempting, and it can ultimately be pretty satisfying. I know this from experience. I also learned from my father-in-law that not knowing how to do something shouldn't prevent you from trying. But it's also important to know your limits. Knocking a wall down, I can do. Putting stuff in a garbage bag to haul it away, that's my jam. But hanging a chandelier and running power to it? Probably time to call in the experts. Thanks for listening to Your Two Cents, the podcast, made possible by credit unions. (laughs) 